0: Welcome to Project Healing, a podcast about growth, authenticity, and difficult conversations. Here, you'll find a mix of real-life experiences, inspiring humans, and some spiritual insight. I'm your host, Jenna Krasinski, and I believe that we truly have to feel our pain in order to heal it. Community is a huge part of the process of healing, and I invite you to come along and dance through the ups and downs of life. This is Project Healing. Welcome back to Project Healing. I'm your host,
1: Jenna Korzynski, and today I have a very special guest. I am joined by my beautiful, intuitive, amazing friend, Kim, also known as Kim Possible. Hi, Kim. Kim Possible. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I am so excited to have you here with me. We've been talking about doing this for far too long. Um, right, and- probably
2: about half of forever.
1: Yes, yeah, that sounds about right. And <laughs> here, here we are. So finally. Yes, yes. So, you know, it, it aligned when it aligned. And right. um, we are talking about trauma transformation mm-hmm. and how as we move through our healing journey, we have the ability to shift and change and grow in ways that we didn't even see for ourselves. Um yeah. and that sometimes when we start our healing journey even though we may want to avoid it it's important for us to travel backwards for part of it. So, Agreed. Yeah, so we're going to talk about that today but before we dive in um I just want to share with you all that Kim is also a gifted intuitive psychic medium animal communicator Um, We have worked together. She has read for me. I have read for her. She has read all the people. So um, if you're not connected with Kim on social media, um, stalk her out on Facebook, Kim Possible, and um, make that connection because she's, she's pretty amazing. So there's. Oh, thanks. We're going to dive in. I'm going to let you just kind of start wherever you feel called to start and talk about your journey and what brought us to this conversation.
2: So, oh my gosh, it's so crazy that you should mention like how we need to like revisit the past and how some people are just so unwilling to do it. And I get it. It's quote unquote scary and people don't want to revisit trauma. And I totally understand that, especially depending on how severe your traumas are, but, um, I feel like it's really, really important to do that because you have to know where you came from to know where you're going. Mm. So, um, not to get into all the details, but basically I grew up in a household with, um, a parent of addiction and, um, it, I'm the middle of three girls and I always found myself being that one that stood up for, you know, my siblings and whatnot. And I was always, I was always the headstrong one and I was always the troublemaker and, you know, the one that everybody was just like, oh yeah, she's, she's gonna, she's gonna go places, probably to jail, but you know, (laughs) (laughs) um, you know, every, that, that parent has since recovered, of course, thankfully. Um, but going through my young adult life, you know, I had a tendency um to look back on everything that happened and certain events. And I always was just like, why did that happen? Mm. You know, like what was the purpose of that? And my family's the I love my family, don't get me wrong. But there are the kind of sweep it under the rug type, you know, out of sight, out of mind. If you don't talk about it, it didn't happen. Type. Oh type. I can yeah. relate
1: to that on many levels. <laughs> yeah.
2: So so I was left to my own devices. I had to figure it out on my own. Um, so I mean, a lot of people disconnect from their drama um because they don't want to, they don't want to talk about it, they don't want to think about it. But like I said, I was always um, wondering why certain things happened and recalling the things that I said and the actions that I took in various situations. And um, I don't really ever think anything of it. You know, it, it never struck me as anything that I needed to do, that I needed to take care of, that I need to sort through, just, you know, randomly thinking about it here and there. Then in the fall of 2018, I believe it was, I stopped taking my birth control for health reasons. I wasn't never planning on having kids, Jenna, as you know, I'm, I was always the, the anti kid one, but, um, so for health reasons, I stopped taking it after 13 years and soon after, I would say probably about six to eight weeks after that, I started noticing things were happening. And one particular thing, I was over at a mutual friend's house, um, playing with her cricket machine. And there was one other woman there with me and this friend goes, Hey, while you guys are here, can I practice my carb readings? And I was like, Okay. So I don't remember that's always just
1: for anyone that's listening. I'm sorry to interrupt you, but for anyone that's listening, like if you are ever with Kim or I and you want to practice a card reading, the answer is hell yes. That's all. (laughs)
2: Yeah, absolutely. I will never say no. Um, so I was like, Yeah, sure, go ahead. I don't remember what the card was that she pulled or what the message was, but she looks at me and she goes, Um, are you sure you don't have like psychic abilities or whatever it was that she said and I'm like girl what are you talking about I'm like that's the kind of shit you see in movies (laughs) um didn't think anything of it some time goes by and then I think you had actually like dropped one of your like impromptu like five dollar card sales on Facebook or whatever and you pulled like the exact same card and you were like, um, so I think that so you have like some psychic abilities that you aren't talking about. And I'm like, what? Why does everybody keep saying this? I was like, I don't understand what is going on right now. And so I started talking to you more and more about it. And um started reading more about it and learning more about it. And um then in June gen- that following January. I had actually signed up to do my level one training with Catherine and, you know, learned about everything that was a possibility, you know, like all, what all the gifts are and how to use them and so on and so forth and did all of that. And then I think in, what was it like May or June of that, that spring or whatever I did level two with you and um, learned even more stuff. Like, how to communicate with animals and remote viewing and stuff like that. And then, um, when did Nicole do the, were you there at the leadership retreat at the Woodcliffe that Nicole did? No, I was not. No. Okay. So you missed a really good night. (laughs) Um, that night transformed my life. No joke so she actually had chelsea gill as her special guest and for anybody who's not familiar with her she is a very well-known psychic medium out of buffalo new york and she was our special guest and she did a gallery reading for us there was probably like eight to ten of us there and then she did private readings um upstairs afterwards and that night I learned that my grandmother, my father's mother had actually been following me my entire life. And Chelsea knew things that not a single soul on this planet knew. Okay. So I'm like this girl, cause there's, these are the kind of things you don't put on Facebook and thank God we were nineties kids. Our shenanigans were not documented. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Um, So I knew there was no way, no way she could have looked me, looked any of this stuff up beforehand. And, um, I, I was reduced to absolute tears. Like my grandmother died when I was eight years old and, um, I can actually, I actually remember that day, like it was yesterday. It was, um, a sunny day in April and my older sister and I were playing in our bedroom And I distinctly remember hearing the phone ring in the distance and my dad answered the phone. My brother had actually gone to my grandmother's house to take her grocery shopping. And, um, the moment I heard that phone ring, I knew it wasn't good at eight years old. Okay. So then he gets off the phone and he comes in the bedroom and he says, girls, we have to go to grandma's house. And I was like, she's gone. I just knew instantly that she had passed away. Don't ask me how I know I was eight years old. I have no idea. Quote unquote, I have no idea. We now Um, know,
1: we now know that that was her claircognizance showing through.
2: (laughs) Yes, yes, it was. And I just knew instantly I kept my mouth shut, you know, because my older sister was there and I didn't, you know, obviously want anybody to get scared or whatever. And sure enough, um, the reason we had to go over there is because she wasn't answering the door for my brother. So we found her sitting on the couch and, um, the whole day ensued, you know, of course they have to call, you know, the authorities and the ambulance came and so on and so forth. But that night that Chelsea had told me about my grandmother up until that night, I never knew how she passed away because my dad never elected to have an autopsy performed. Mm. Um, so I never knew. And Chelsea told me about, how she passed away. And then the following Tuesday was my mom's birthday. And I had called to wish her a happy birthday. And I was like, I got to tell you about this thing that I went to over the weekend. And I told her, and I was like, and you know, she told me about how grandma died. And she was like, Oh yeah, honey, she had a heart attack. And I'm like, dude, I was eight years old. You never told me this. Like I, from, from eight years old until up until however old I am right now, (laughs) I never knew. And it was just, it was absolutely changed the trajectory of my life because I wanted to know more about that side of the world. Shall we say, I wanted to know how can I do this? Right. And so, then with my level one and my level two training, I figured out that I could do this. And I've done various medium readings for people. And um, I can remember one specific that was absolutely mind blowing, but I won't get into that. Um, And so, in realizing these abilities, it has led me to revisit my past because now that I'm more awake and aware I'm recognizing the things that I went through as a child are affecting me as an adult yeah and they're holding me back in certain in certain areas of my life um I'm going to
1: pause you for now I can read I want to just bring up something because what you're saying is so valid and so many people don't realize this. And I think it's important to talk about this because it's like a hot commodity right now to be a psychic. Right. And we all have, Mm -hmm. we all have these abilities. We are born intuitive and we actually get stripped of it as we move through life. And (laughs) being somebody that helps people turn on their gifts. I have, I come with a disclaimer. I'm like, okay, I love it that you want to explore your gifts, but you have to understand that opening the door to your intuition is opening the door to your healing. And this is where Kim is at in her conversation, which is where I feel it's important to talk about this for a second, because your level of awareness shifts, like you were saying, and you're brought to these Realizations about yourself that you're like, whoa, I don't, that doesn't align with who I am striving to be. Mm -hmm. And so you have this beautiful, I'm developing my gifts and I'm helping other people. But I think the most important part of turning on our gifts is helping ourselves. And I think that that's truly how we help other people. So I just wanted to put that out there for anyone that's listening to this and is like, well, I think I might be psychic too. Like, Explore that because that's going to bring you to a new version of yourself. And now Kim's going to go into the rest of her spiel because it'll all make
2: sense. <laughs> yeah, want to help Other people with these abilities that we've discovered, discovered, quote unquote, right, 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 that we have, but in helping other people, we cycle back and realize I need to help myself first. Yeah. And I can only do that by healing. So I started recognizing certain patterns in my own life and in my own behavior that I could connect back to an event that happened when I was seven years old to me as a young adult and how it's negatively impacting my life and my behavior. And I had fallen into this weird downward spiral mentally where I felt like the world owed me something. Like, I felt like I needed to be handed this, that, and the third on a silver platter, Hmm. you know? And it eventually had gotten to the, which led me up to these current events, you know? And, I don't think you knew me back then when I was in my Debbie Downer stage, as I call it. Um, I think we met after I started clawing my way out of that hole. But it's led me to such an impactful aspect of my own life that like, I, I can only hope and dream that other people will recognize for themselves. Because, and now, like I told you the other day on Marco Polo, that um, I have this realization that the reason my healing journey started four years ago, I believe, was to lead me up until this current moment in time, okay? Okay. I'm currently 27 weeks pregnant with my first child. And if you and... remember,
1: she said she didn't want kids.
2: <laughs> no. and wait, I want to go back to that for a moment
1: because like Kim just like <laughs> casually going like, yeah, I didn't want kids. Like it's not, it's not that it's not that cut and dry. It was like <laughs> Kim really,
2: really had no desire to have children. <laughs> Since I was 19 years old, I was like, I'm never having kids ever. Ever. like adamantly adamantly like anti-child not for other people but for myself right I was like I'm not doing it no way uh-uh. no way they're expensive little germ factories which I do still agree with that statement I'm not gonna <laughs> lie to you but
1: <laughs> we all do even even those of us that have about you know have our kids I know yeah. <laughs> agree
2: Yes. um but I'm at this point in my life where I'm going through massive, massive transformation. You know, like I said, since I was 19 years old, I've always said that I was never going to have kids. And now I'm 34 years old expecting my first child. So as you can imagine, there is a huge mental shift that needs to happen for that. Um, and this pregnancy has mentally been a struggle for me because going off a sideline topic, Gary, everybody says that pregnancy is wonderful. You should love it. And it's great. Pregnancy is bullshit. First of all, I'm <laughs> just going to say that, um, but there's such an, an emotional roller coaster that goes on behind it that nobody prepares you for. Right. And I, I came into this pregnancy thinking that everything was supposed to be sunshine and rainbows and you're supposed to love it every day. And I'm like, girl, this shit sucks. And so I have to shift my mental state from never wanting kids to homegirl, you're about to have your first baby. So I've gone through this crazy roller coaster of ups and downs of emotions with this pregnancy. And I know you're aware of it because I've talked to you several times on various occasions where I've felt mentally and emotionally quote unquote unstable. You know, I was afraid I was gonna lose this child. Oh my God, is this this baby's not moving? Oh my God. To completely ignoring the fact that this pregnancy even exists in my life. You know, just, it's not there. It's not happening. This isn't real. And it, I, I felt guilty. You know, I felt guilty that I'm not all sunshine and rainbows and butterflies about this. And then it got to a point where you're like, sister, impossible. This isn't sunshine and rainbows, so stop acting like it is because it's not. It's never going to happen. I mean, it will happen, but not right now. Right now, you need to ball your eyes out into this pillow. Right now, you need to just be mentally unstable for a minute, okay? You know, I have, and I feel like a huge part of our healing journey is accepting the fact that there's going to be highs and lows. Okay. None of this is perfect. Okay. You're not going to find a book that tells you exactly how to go through your healing journey. Right. This is completely impromptu. It is all up to you, it's all up to how you handle it. It's all, it, it's unscripted. It is completely unscripted. Nobody tells you how to go about doing this. And you feel like you're just flailing in the wind. Cause let me tell you, sister, you're going to be flailing in the wind. So you should probably be expecting that, you know, it's, <laughs> it's just, it is what it is. Yeah, you're absolutely right. And, and,
1: you know, especially with the age that we live in with social media, um, we see these beautiful end game, um, Pictures posted or painted of what healing looks like, right? And a lot of people um bypass the struggle and the dark days. And part of why Kim and I wanted to have this conversation is because we want to bring awareness to the shadow side of things and to the fact that our trauma, our traumas will affect us at some of our traumas will affect us at every level of life. So Kim, and sometimes
2: they come back, right? You think you've gotten past one thing, but it's going to come back and smack you right back in the face. Yeah,
1: absolutely. So, and you like connecting with, um, your kind of like, Oh shit moment. Like I went from not, not wanting to be a parent at all to now I am going to be a parent. Um, as you were going through this, um, were you brought back to like your own childhood at any point? And like, oh yeah, like what how did that connect for you? Um
2: I specifically started looking at how I was raised, um, and the things that my parents said and didn't. And I can always recall certain situations where even though I knew I wasn't going to have kids, I always caught myself saying, if I were to ever have kids, I would never do this. I would never say that, you know, because I always felt like it was important for, you know, my, my hypothetical kids at that point to have a better upbringing. So in going through this current transformation journey, I began looking back at how I was raised and I can only attribute the things that my parents did to the way they were raised. And I'm sure that was attributed to the way they were raised, you know? So that brings in the whole generational curse, if you will, the generational trauma. And Now I've taken it upon myself because I find it of absolutely paramount importance to me that my child is not raised in certain ways that I was raised. I do want to perpetuate that cycle for him. I want him to have the best childhood that he can, you know, I'm not saying my entire childhood was shit because it wasn't. I mean, I can recall so many moments where, you know, we were laughing and giggling and playing in the dirt and, you know, stuff like that. But I want him to be as quote unquote normal a child as a child can be. So I feel like healing myself as a person is only going to help me as a parent, as a mother so that my baby can grow up that way and he's not going to perpetuate the cycle of generational traumas that have been handed down to him you know um, to no fault of his own to no fault of my own to no fault of my parents but I'm breaking out of that cycle for his sake you know when we
1: say like you know, This is something that I feel like needs to be said too, because I even feel, I can almost feel like, um, I don't want to say the guilt coming from you, but it's like, when we talk about wanting to have a better upbringing for our kids, I think we internally have like a stop sign that comes up, right? That we're like, Ooh, should I say this? Is this going to be harmful to my parents? Right. And I just want to put out there that anybody saying that they want better for their children than they had, it's not necessarily a knock on our parents because m- many of us that are walking this healing journey. We recognize that our parents and their parents and their parents, they all did the best that they could given their circumstances and what they learned, right? So us being those uh, generational change makers, it's natural in us to just want the, to strive to provide better. It's not that we feel that we're better than someone. It's that we are taking our own experience and our own perception, our own reflection of our experiences and transmuting that into a different experience for our children. So I want to say that, especially like if our parents are listening to this, I don't want them to think that we're like, ah, you were this and you were that. It's just, we're at a different level of awareness when we, we realize that like there were things that we would want different for ourselves and that we want different for our kids. And that's just what it is.
2: Yeah. I'm in no way, shape or form saying that anybody's a shitty parent. Right. Because you haven't recognized that certain things in yourself need to be healed. Yeah. Um. But I'm a believer that a child is a product of their environment, you know, and unless you break out of that tiny little box that you were raised in, you're never going to know better. And so I'm breaking out of that box for myself for not only my sake, but the sake of my child, you know, because I want, like I said, I want him to have the best experience that he can with his own life.
1: Yeah. Yes. I love that. And um,
2: it's just, it's crazy to, um, to think back on how it all started you know, this point that I'm at right now and what led me up to this point. And, you know, it, it, it's brought a, kind of a sympathy in me almost because I recognize that my parents didn't know any better. Their parents didn't know any better. And I can't hold that against them, right? you know? So I kind of feel like I have a, I have a sympathy for them, you know, whether they choose differently now or never, you know, that's their choice. I'm not saying it's not frustrating, (laughs) but you know, that's not my choice to make. Right. So um, I, I look at people differently, you know, especially, especially when it comes to parenting their kids you know they they may not know any different
1: right right absolutely but you know you recognize now what your needs are and what you want to bring to the table for your own child and that that in itself is so important especially for those of us that have experienced trauma because it is much easier to keep these cycles alive
2: oh my god and it is so much easier
1: so much and so easier.
2: less painful
1: yeah. I mean, I, you were right in saying that, like, we didn't necessarily know each other before you started your healing journey. However, Kim and I were connected on social media because of, um, uh, the essential oils we connected through mm-hmm. essential oils as, uh, initially. And so we were Facebook friends. I was just drawn to her energy. I think I, I think I friend requested you, um, after seeing you posting, Girl, like, and I can't in... remember
2: what I had for breakfast yesterday. You're asking me to one of those groups as well. I remember once we
1: became friends, I liked her energy and what I saw in conversations within our like oil group. And then I remember, and don't take offense to this, but I remember <laughs> when we became friends and I started seeing like your personal posts, and I was like, oh, she's got she's processing through it, you know, like, I you could feel the the angst in you, right? You could feel the um, these wounds that were just kind of sitting on your heart in the words that mm-hmm. you wrote and the triggers that you expressed because you're a very straightforward and honest person. And so like in the, the old, I'm gonna call them the old days. In the old days when someone used to piss off Kim, like the world was gonna know about it. Like she was gonna <laughs> let people know, like this is what happened to me today. And this guy over here, right? and it's a world of difference. Um, we have had the pleasure of growing our friendship and growing in our healing together, which has been incredible, but the Kim that I know today and the Kim that I was initially, I'm going to say exposed to are not the same person at all. And you, um, just from the, an outside perspective, like to me, you are, um, like walking, living, breathing, pregnant proof that that you really can make huge changes in your life if you want that for yourself. And that's- And anybody
2: that says that they're not going to change or they're not willing to change or they're not ready to change, they're saying it out of fear. Yes. Yeah. And I totally understand that but you got to get over that.
1: Right. And it's also, you know, some of us didn't witness these types of transformation, you know, and that's how the cycles perpetuate. We didn't witness, um, our families going to counseling or our families talking about their problems. Kim had a similar experience to me where she said, that her family was the type to sweep things under the rug. It was the same in my family. People didn't talk about how they were feeling or what happened at the last family dinner or whatever. Um, it was just like, move on from it and don't deal with it and don't bring that up, you know, and it it takes a lot to face your emotions and face the things that you've experienced and, and walk through that. So that's what we were talking about. Sometimes we have to look back at our experiences so that we can grow in the direction that we want to grow instead of going in the direction that we're forced into.
2: Right. Yeah. And I never had any formal like therapy or anything like that. So I didn't know how to deal with all of that anger. So I had to figure it out on my own. I had to learn, own what are my triggers? What is it about that situation that is sending me off the deep end? Right now.
1: And Can how I tell I them a, a funny that's a little bit personal about you, but it makes me laugh every I time I think it. about it.
2: Just go for it.
1: <laughs> we so Kim is in my shadow work group, um, Dancing Thanks. with Your Soul, and we were talking about triggers in the group, and she was like, I don't, I don't have any triggers. <laughs> <laughs> um no so I don't remember how I i don't remember if I marco you or how I reached out to her but I was like what would you do if someone were to harm Seamus which is her her puppy love that's her puppy love that is her her baby 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 and she was like oh my god I would lose my mind how dare be and I was like there's a trigger for you and she was like oh my
2: right. god <laughs> just kidding right So you went from saying, you
1: You went from saying, I don't, I don't know, like, I don't, triggers don't exist for me. That's not a thing for me to going, Oh, so that in itself, that is a perfect example of how you can flip that switch. Once you're more aware.
2: Right. I didn't even know what a trigger was. Right. So, I mean, you want to talk about starting at the ground level. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I love it.
1: Well, you gotta that's, learn that's about what
2: these things are that are pissing you off.
1: <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah. And where does it come from? And that's what, exactly. that's what it is. Everything that bothers us or that we feel compelled to change in ourselves. There's a reason for that. And the way to connect to that sometimes is to look backward and look at your life and go, we're not talking about like sitting in that, right? Like, I don't want you to go back to your traumas and like sit there. No, like I'm not, I'm not saying that, but at least be aware of it. Like, oh, why do I, you know, get so offended if somebody harms an animal? Oh, because when I was young, I witnessed my neighbor abusing their cat all the time and it really bothered me, you know? So, you know, something like that. You can travel backwards to help yourself move forward. Um, You don't have to necessarily get stuck in it or relive it.
2: Right. And if it's too much for you to revisit that trauma, especially depending on how severe it was, then like I said, I've never, I've never done formal therapy, but I'm definitely A fan of it. So I feel like if you need to go get help to process that information, please don't do it by yourself. Whether it's to go see a therapist, to go talk to Jenna, to come talk to me, I may not have ever been through your experience. So I can't offer you any personal advice, but I can at least be there to listen to what you have to say and maybe offer you some advice based on what I do know. Yes. Having gone through a healing journey of some sort right you know I mean every you never have to do this alone and I feel like it's impossible to do it alone you need to have a support system there whether it be your mom your sister your neighbor Jenna myself your neighbor's third cousin's aunt's (laughs) twice removed (laughs) you know you have to have somebody there to help you process that information. It's, it's absolutely impossible to do
1: on your own. Yes. And for anybody that may be listening, that is thinking like, well, I literally have no support system because if we're being honest that that exists, there are people out there that don't have a friend to phone. Um, They don't have the neighbor that will connect with them. There are so many resources available to us now. So hop on the googs, hop on the Google and find a service that works for you. There are so many resources for um, different therapy services. And I will link um, a resource in the show notes for somebody that if anybody's looking for a starting point, um, I will link a resource in the show notes because I think it's important that um, we connect with one another through, through our story. So anything Which else brings
2: that you- me to another point, because I feel like it's important for you and I to talk about our journeys. Like I, I said to you, like what a year ago, Oh, nobody wants to hear my story. Yeah. Nobody care. Nobody cares about what Kim's been through. Somebody who doesn't have a support system may listen to this and be like, Oh, Oh, well, I don't know her, but she might get it. Right. She might understand. Yeah. You know, and I'm not the person I was five years ago. So I'm not gonna be like, girl, I ain't got temp, yo shit. Okay. <laughs> I'm make the time to sit down and listen to what you have to say. So when we post things on social media talking about how we had a Debbie Downer day, how we had, you know, just the day from hell, you know, it's not because we want a pity party. I do not want a pity party. I I'm trying to reach out to see if maybe there's somebody else out there who's going through a hard time that needs, that needs an ear to listen, shoulder to cry on what a friend to talk to, you know?
1: Yes, absolutely. I love it. Thank you for, for sharing and just being candid with your experiences and your, your journey from, from one end to the other end of the spectrum. Cause that is literally like what you've moved through in the past one how, to the like, other. Like year and a half, maybe two years. What was that? How long has it been? Like, since you like had that aha moment, like about two years or, well, you said four years for your overall journey, right?
2: Yeah. I would say probably about four years since I had that aha moment where I was just like, you know, this attitude is getting me nowhere. Right. I need to, something's got to change, and it's going to have to be me. So, yeah. so, you know.
1: Yeah, and then that catapulted major life changes for you within the past like eighteen months. So that's that's incredible.
2: Oh yeah, the last eighteen months have been a whirlwind. Yes. <laughs>
1: But it's amazing because it is literally your healing in motion. So just from an outside perspective, like watching that, like through the peephole, like the creeper that I am, um, (laughs) it it is really incredible um, to see this like alternate version of you, right? Like you went from like Kim like impossible to literal, like Kim possible, like anything is possible for me. So I love your, your little, um, alter ego name suits you well. So we'll just say that please. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Let's do, uh, we haven't done this in a while here on project healing, but with Kim coming on, I was like, Ooh, conversation card. So I'm going to pull a random conversation card out of my talk deck and we're going to see what it brings us. So
2: bring it.
1: Okay, so this like art really, it says hopes and dreams. And it says, what do your parents do that you want to do too? I love that. Let me just say that I love that we're ending on this note because we just talked about breaking cycles, but we also need to highlight the fact that all of us have, well, not all of us, but some of us have had the beauty of the positive experiences as well. And, um, there are things that even though we go, Oh, I'll never do that with my child. There are things that we say, I can't wait to do that with my child. So what, Mm -hmm. what are those things for you?
2: Um, that is a good one. Okay. Um, and this would never apply to me up until this moment. I know. (laughs) Um, I would have to say that my parents do definitely bring, And it's not extreme, but a lot of excitement for things like birthdays and holidays and stuff like that. Like, um, both of my sisters are expecting babies this month too. And I'm not due till January, but let me tell you the amount of excitement that my parents have. My mom's like, I don't care if they're three months apart, I'm treating them like triplets. Um, she's got Christmas shopping all done. Um, (laughs) you know, she, my mom definitely, she, she outdoes herself when it comes to, you know, special things and it makes them memorable. You know, they, you know, people always say your kids aren't going to remember the stuff you bought them, but the memories that you made with them. Yeah. So that is going to be a very important thing for me. I love that, and so
1: funny. Uh, coincidentally, not you, dang psychic. I like, as I read this, I was like, "Oh, I know exactly what I'm going to say." And then you started talking, and I was like, "Okay, that's what I was going to say." So, <laughs> because I have the same thing. My parents like it's it's fun. It's fun to be able to, and you'll see this too, and you may already see it a little bit with your niece, but it's fun to be able to see them get a, the opportunity to. Like parent again, but in a different way, right? Like they oh get my like God. a redo. Um, so that's what like my I was parents, to say.
2: My parents are like, we should have started with the grandkids, right? Yeah.
1: <laughs> but I will say that. Um, to change it up a little bit, I will say that I think the one thing that my parents do that I also want to do is they are they still check on me. And I love mm. that. Like I, uh, live a crazy, beautiful life that, um, I tend to get, like, I lose time. Like, it's like literally like time doesn't exist for me. And my parents, if they haven't, if it's gone too long for me connecting with them, they will reach out and check in with me and, you know, go, you good, you know, <laughs> and you still alive I, over there. Yeah. Right. And, and, you know, Saying this out loud, I should probably reverse that a little bit more than I do. Um, but you'll understand at some point when you're swimming in, you know, poop and crayons on the wall. Um, <laughs> thanks for that. Just kidding, it's not that bad, at least it's not for me. I know for some people it is, yeah, okay. but I'll remember um,
2: that when I'm cleaning Dookie off the wall,
1: right? But I love that they still they still make time for the connection with me. It's not just about my kids. I, I mm-hmm. know people who have that where they feel disconnected from their own parents. Once they have kids, it's like they don't exist anymore. And it's just about the grandkids. So I want to keep my relationship alive with my children, the way that my parents are making an effort to do that with me. And our relationships have grown and evolved. And now we have like this crazy, like adult friendship relationship that is like, I never thought I would have with my parents. So I want to have the same thing for my
2: kids too. I love that. Yeah.
1: So thank you, Kim, for coming on to Project Healing. And sitting down and telling your story and um, I'm sure that we'll be back now that we now that we popped the podcast cherry I'm sure that we will return to this. Yeah
2: there's gonna be more stuff to
1: talk about. (laughs) We'll have to do a check-in with Kim after she's had the baby to see like how do you feel about it now?
2: (laughs) How much hair do you have?
1: (laughs) (laughs) But thank you for sitting down and being Vulnerable. And um, again, if anybody wants to connect with Kim on social, go find her. I'll link her um, social media in the show notes. Um, and, you know, she can be your phone a friend if needed.
0: All right. <laughs> thank you for listening to Project Healing. If you'd like to connect <laughs> thank with thank you guys of my for guests, listening please and check I'll the catch show you next notes for their contact information. Healing. If you are loving the show, I'd be honored if you would head over to iTunes or Facebook to leave me a review. If you'd like to support the show, you can head to patreon.com backslash project healing and learn about my different patron tiers and how you can support the show and also invest in yourself and your healing process. Remember, you have to feel your pain in order to heal it.